Now, let's talk sports with Kanoa Leahy on ESPN Honolulu. What's up, everybody? Welcome Thursday edition of Let's Talk Sports. Kanoa Leahy here in the PAXA studios in Honolulu. The timing couldn't be worse um, because as I'm introducing the show, I'm looking up at one of the monitors in the studio, and it's on uh, CBS Sports Network, and they just showed a graphic of Patrick Mahomes and his career statistics in week one of the NFL regular season. The NFL gets going here tonight. It's my Lions on the field with the reigning Super Bowl champion Chiefs in Kansas City on Thursday night football. Kickoff is at 2.20 uh, Hawaii time. I got my man Billy Hall of the Honolulu Star Advertiser in here, and he can tell. He can see just in my facial expression, the way I'm sort of carrying myself, that I am a wreck. I am nervous. We did our uh, six-pack of picks yesterday. I did pick the Chiefs, so oddly I picked against the Lions, but that was more because of my fatalist mentality. I have too much emotion invested into this game, and then I see a statistic like that, um, and it's not the first time I've seen it because my good friend, Billy Hull, last night, knowing just how nervous I'd be here today for the first day of the NFL season, texted me a statistic or a series of statistics regarding Patrick Mahomes in week one, and I don't think I got any sleep after that. Well, first of all, you're welcome for being here today. <laughs> okay, so I mean, let's just uh, let's just start off with the important thing. You asked me to come back today, and uh, you know we got UH Wahine volleyball tonight. You know I got my day job at the Star Advertiser. We got that tonight. Uh, cheap plug, cover two. Hawaii High School Football Weekly on KHON is uh, debuting tonight. Season 11, by the way, with uh, Rob DeMello and the gang. So we got that coming up. But, uh, yeah, just, you know, you're welcome. You know, thanks a lot for thanking me dude, for coming in for a second in a row. Thank you very much. But, no, yes, uh, I came in here, and you were just looking down, and you're like, oh, man, I'm so nervous. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, no, what's going on today? Like, am I missing something? Is there some event? Like, I was trying to figure out, you're like, what's going on today at 220? I'm like, 220? What are you so nervous about? I couldn't believe it. And you're like, the Lions game. Okay, man. Well, how did well, you not luck. think of that? I mean, I don't, I don't know. Like, I didn't, I mean, I know you're a fan, but like, you know, come on. It's, I was surprised. But no, I get it. I get it. It's week one. You're starting off on a Thursday night. I don't know how many Thursday night Lions games you've ever watched to kick off the <laughs> There US haven't season. been that many, except yes. for on Thanksgiving. Yes. And so I texted you that thing last night. I came in here and I took the Lions and uh, you took the Chiefs and, Mostly because, let's be honest, you just didn't want to take the Lions and be fully invested in your team or whatever. And I sent you the thing in his last, what is it, five week one starts, 18 <laughs> touchdowns, no picks, 1,500 passing yards, a 136.9 passer rating. Yeah, I felt pretty stupid. It's but not, then, not a good sign. what is the breaking news? Ah, breaking what is news. The breaking news? And I don't want to sound got. too happy because there are going to be some people that are Kansas City fans out there that won't be happy at this news. There are going to be some fantasy football owners who won't be happy about this news. But Travis Kelsey officially ruled out of this Thursday night football NFL season opener. Plus, you still have all the PB Kia surrounding uh, Chris Jones. We're not exactly sure what's going to happen there, but there is some reporting that he is likely not suiting up here tonight. Uh, and so you're talking about a key tight end, key DN, um, not on the field potentially for the Kansas City Chiefs here against the Lions. And now I'm smiling. I can see it. Here. I can see it. You said you were nervous, <laughs> but you're feeling kind of good. I mean, that helps, does it not? That helps, does it not? Those statistics you read off, though, I mean, that is... Um, that's 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 pretty gut wrenching. That's pretty concerning right there. Patrick Mahomes is a superhero. He's a comic book character. What are we even talking about over here? Well, what if what if I all right? What if I give you one chance right now? We did our six pack of picks yesterday. 
Um, I hate my picks, to, by the way. I hate all six that, of my Can we get picks. that sponsor? We need to work on this. Can we get yeah. that sponsor? Can we do something like that? But anyway, I'm going to give you a chance right now. Before kickoff, I think it's all fair. The line is this, is what it was yesterday. The line is the Chiefs by four and a half. Does Kanoa Leahy want to switch his pick to his Lions getting four and a half points? Um, no. Why would I want to what? move it now? Like the 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 line is dropping. Why would I want to move it now? If if it were you know if it were a, a tougher uh, cover or, or an easier cover, then yeah, maybe I'd switch it. But now it's a tougher cover, right? No, because Kelsey's out. So you feel better, don't you? I don't know. Like, I, mean, that's why I read all these dropped, numbers about uh, Patrick Mahomes, but I'm pretty sure he had Travis Kelsey in all of these games. I think this is a big <laughs> deal. So, uh, no, I just wanted to give you a chance. I just, you know. I, I appreciate that. But uh, the six-pack of picks is something sacred. And we can't start doing that. We can't start going back and retroactively right, right. Uh, changing our picks. Uh, even though I hate all six of my picks yesterday. I just I just wasn't in it. The first game that you brought up was the Lions-Chiefs and just threw me for a loop the rest of the way. Uh, you're right about the sponsorship for the segment. I mean, six-pack of picks. Hello, beer companies. Come on. We're ready for you. Um, but, yeah, this is I'm, – I'm excited about the game. I'm excited about the NFL season. Uh, getting underway um but this is a a bit nerve-wracking because i think what you don't understand and what probably a lot of people who aren't lions fans just don't understand is you're talking about in my entire life my entire existence since adopting the lions because i was a big barry sanders fan uh and then he went to the lions and i started learning a little bit more about him honolulu blue their official color they always seem to have these really great hawaii players that uh, were on their teams going back to charlie Ane pre-super bowl era rockney freitas dominic Raiola. i mean the list goes on and on uh and so I, I have I adopted them as my squad, and being the the kind of of psycho that I can be, and a, a lot of sports fans, I've stuck with them. I've stuck with them through an existence of mediocrity and disappointment, and letdowns, and just pain emotionally uh, upon decade upon decade upon decade. And so we go into this season. And people are actually talking about the Lions being they good. They are. I mean, you were they on the show are. yesterday. Like, the Lions, man, they're for real. And it's like, do we really know they're for real? They did close the season in style last year. And, and I do think that they have some pieces. I do think that they're not just the pushover little kitty cat Lions that, that people have been calling them out on uh, for years. Uh, but that doesn't necessarily mean anything. And, and they're going up against the defending Super Bowl champions here in the very first game. Uh, and so, you know, it's week one. There are 17. Uh, games now on the schedule here for these teams and so I understand that uh, week one does not a season make but it certainly does provide a bit of a runway uh, towards feeling good about what's to come and if they get you know wiped off the field by Patrick Mahomes <laughs> and those guys uh, it, it it will hit in a, in a way that'll hurt a little bit well I was driving in here and I wasn't thinking all right we're, we are going to talk about the game or we're talking about the picks yesterday and I was just like did I really pick the Lions? Like, here you have Patrick Mahomes, <laughs> like this generational yeah, you quarterback. You have the Kansas City Chiefs who have won two of the last Super Bowls. And I went with the team that, yeah, they've actually had unparalleled success in the NFL at getting high draft picks every single year. Yeah. And so yeah. here I am on the side of the Lions yeah. to start the season. But we'll see. So as our good friend, as our good friend Greg Cody would say, you never know. <laughs> you never know. Eight zero eight two nine six fourteen twenty is the number to call. You can text in at that number via the Zephyr Insurance text line. A couple of things that are on the docket here today. We have more tickets to give away. Uh, yesterday went so smoothly, right? Our presentation of the trivia question was just—it was very smooth. It was not a bumpy ride at all. Uh, and so we have now two tickets to Rainbow Wahine Volleyball Friday night. They get this ter- week's tournament, the Outrigger Volleyball 
basketball challenge underway tonight against Liberty, an unbeaten team. Uh, and then tomorrow night it is Pepperdine out of the West Coast Conference with uh, Punahou alum Scott Wong as their head coach, former assistant with the Rainbow Wahine volleyball team under Dave Shoji back in the day. Uh, and so they're going to be the opponent tomorrow night. We have two tickets for that match that we're giving away a little bit later on in the show. You're going to make it a little easier, right? Can we make, should we make the trivia question a little I, I, easier? Apparently yesterday was <clears throat> trivia question was too hard. Like, it was I just think too some hard. people were legitimately Billy worried. Billy had to like, in. spoon feed the hints. Like, all right, so the ocean <laughs> on the East Coast is what? And uh, the, the other part of the conference name is something that, that sets and <laughs> rises. <laughs> yes. I love that answer, though. The Atlantic Tide. That was great. No, that was a lot of fun. But we should – even my wife texted that that question was a little too hard. So we – we promise we'll make it easier? Is okay. that a promise we yeah. can make? Yeah, yeah, we can. We can. Okay. In fact, should we just like do it now since we're talking about it? Yeah. We're, we're also going to be talking with Paul Eldridge, by the way, uh, our resident baseball uh, guru, my partner yes. for uh, UH Baseball coverage on Spectrum Sports. Um, tough loss in the Punahou Baseball Ohana, uh, obviously, with Eric Kataoka, uh, who was uh, achieved unprecedented levels of success as the head coach uh, at Punahou, uh, passing away. And, and obviously, that was shocking news to a lot of people. He was a pretty young guy, uh, you know, in, in – relatively speaking, and uh, just uh, a really, really genuinely good guy. And I enjoyed thoroughly being able to announce Punahou games uh, for Spectrum OC16 over the course of his time as head coach. And uh, if you're talking Punahou baseball, uh, and if you're talking baseball in general, um, I think the guy who we want to use as a resource is always going to be uh, Pal Eldridge, by default or otherwise. And so that's who we're going to talk to a little bit later on the show on that topic. But uh, let's just do the trivia then. Let's yeah. just give these tickets away. Right. Uh, so yesterday's question was, you know, you had the Liberty team. Uh, they're part of the Conference USA here this year for the first year. Uh, we asked what was the previous conference uh, that they were a member uh, in. And uh, we, I think the grammar was very bad there. But what was the previous <laughs> conference <laughs> uh, to which they belonged? And and it was the Atlantic Sun. And we, it, it was hard. It was difficult for a lot of, of, of people. And, and that's why we had to sort of piecemeal the hints uh, until we got, uh, we got Atlantic Tide was one of the guesses. Uh, I think Atlantic, like, loaf of bread because we're like something that sets and rises. But we finally got Atlantic Sun, and that was the correct answer. So we'll do something a little bit easier here today. Um, we're going to give away, again, two tickets for Pepperdine uh, versus Hawaii. That's tomorrow night at Simplify Arena at Stan Sheriff Center, night two of the Outrigger Volleyball Challenge. And uh, and here here's here's the question, all right? And I'm going to frame it in a way that will just make it a little bit easier for us to be able to check. Um, <laughs> so here we go. So Liberty is one of coming into this week. Another Liberty question. But uh, you'll, you'll hear where I'm going with this. <laughs> Liberty is one of 33 unbeaten women's volleyball teams going into this week. 33, okay? Eight of whom are in the top 25. So here's the question. Just name another one. Just name oh. one of the eight in the top 25 rankings, the eight teams that are still unbeaten coming into this week. That's all you got. I mean, yeah, you, you got to know some of the teams that are like perennial powerhouses that are at the top of the rankings. Uh, just throw us one, one unbeaten team. 808-296-1420 is the number to call. We got the phone ringing already, which might be a good sign here. Just name another unbeaten that's in the top 25. Liberty is not in the top 25, but just to make it easier for us to keep track of the correct answer, yeah. uh, name one of the eight unbeatens uh, coming into today, coming into this week uh, that are uh, that are uh, unbeaten in the top 25. All right, we have Shay uh, calling in. Shay is on the line. Shay, do you have an answer? How about Oregon? 
Oregon. Hmm. Oregon was a team that Hawaii played a couple of weeks ago. And yes, ah! that's correct. Yes, that is correct. We saw firsthand how good Oregon is. They're now sixth ranked in the country. They are six and zero. Oh. Uh, congratulations! You got the tickets, and you made it seem so easy. Oh, thanks. <laughs> uh, you going to the match? Are you excited about going to the match tomorrow night? Oh, definitely. All right, all right. Should be a fun one. Hey, Shay, thanks for calling in. Appreciate it. Congrats again. Uh, hang on the line. Liz will get all your necessary information. You can figure out how to pick up your tickets. Well done. Thank you very much. Hey, thanks a lot, Shay. Wow. That Just was, like that. That's all I we mean, had to do. That was like waxy smooth. <laughs> that was like waxy smooth. What are we going to do for the rest of the segment? Yeah, We I did that know. so quickly. <laughs> yeah, that went a lot faster than what I we were I was going to go with Nebraska. Band. Just, uh, you know, because they had the big 90,000 uh Nebraska event. would have been a correct answer. Florida, Louisville, Wisconsin. Texas? Maybe see like the uh, the usual, the, yeah. the standard fare. Uh, Texas is not. Texas oh. lost on opening night to oh, Long Beach right, State. Right, Come on, right. volleyball beat writer. What are you oh, talking about? Georgia Tech is another unbeaten. BYU is oh. an unbeaten in the top 25. Uh, they are ranked eighth. Uh, and then you got to go all the way down to the number 25 spot. Auburn is 5-0. and So Hawaii looking to give uh, Liberty perhaps uh, its first loss of the season. But that's going to be a pretty good match, I think, tonight. This is going to be a fun weekend of volleyball for sure with Pepperdine and UCLA, the other two teams in the field. And a lot of Hawaii connections, right? I mean, you have uh, Scott Wong as the head coach for Pepperdine. He's now in his ninth season, right, and all the Hawaii connections there. Uh, and then you have first-year head coach with UCLA, Alfie Reft, former Hawaii All-American libero. Uh, this is a guy who took over for Mike Seeley, who was another former University of Hawaii assistant, won a national championship with UCLA early on in his coaching tenure, stepped down at the beginning of last December, and so Alfie Reft takes over uh, as the head coach for UCLA. And so just to add to some of those rivalries, uh, you now have a very sort of direct Hawaii line uh, on a lot of these fronts, and it's just going to make for, I think, what is already a pretty entertaining and competitive tournament setup. It's just going to make it a little bit more interesting, in my opinion. Yeah, and I think he's only the fourth head coach, I believe, fourth. in UCLA history, which is pretty amazing. No, yeah, it should be an exciting week, but I'll just go back to the fact that uh, that Oregon team, really, really good. Yeah. I mean, I think they've got the potential to beat anyone in the Pac-12. You could end up seeing them in the in the Final Four. They were, they were really, really impressive. But, yeah, it should be a fun week, and this UH volleyball team, like we've been talking about, kind of fun. You know, they um, you know, got a lot of fun, exciting players out there to watch. Amber, who's just somehow has taken her game to just on a level like that's just incredible. I mean, I mean, she was on the she shared the floor <laughs> with USC Skyler Fields, who is like otherworldly in first just, team all American. Just how overpowering she is, first team all American. And you could argue, in fact, it would be a pretty good argument that Amber Igidi was the best player period on the floor in that series. Yeah. I mean, this is you know including a performance by Skyler Fields that saw her take 80 swings in the first match. But Amber Igidi, when she was out there on the floor, I mean, you can see. I think that's. That's the part that, that Robin Amo and, and this coaching staff and this team, that's that's the part that they're going to have to kind of figure out here. It might not factor in so prevalently when they get into Big West Conference play, but certainly here as they continue in the non-conference phase of the season and the schedule, when Amber Igedi is off the floor, can they get out of those rotations? Can they be terminal? And I think that that has introduced itself as being a bit more laborious uh, than perhaps they would hope. Yeah, I think so. But there's no question in that USC game. I mean, that first set, or first game, really came down to it was Skylar Fields against Amber IGD. They got all the sets at the end. Amber had the big block, went toe to toe. UH wins, and then she had the game on 
what was that Saturday where I think she hit like 600? Was it close to 600 or something like that? I mean, she she was you could really do make the case that she was the best player out there. And every time UH seemed to get into trouble, the way they pulled out these sets is they get they get through that rotation. Amber comes in and then they get her the set and she just puts it down. So uh, yeah, she's. She's having a big year, for yeah, sure. Yeah, I liked, uh, by the way, uh, kudos to you, Billy, and I'm not just, uh, you know, uh, giving you this kind of treatment because I'm appreciating that you came in for a second straight day. <laughs> uh, but good write-up on Tally Hawkes. The She has provided some energy for this team and some all-around play yeah. uh, defensively. She has been an arm that has been on any given night effective. Uh, some of the efficiency numbers, uh, not particularly um, Im- impressive or overwhelming, but they have been really good in some spots, including on that second night against USC where she was really, really good. Uh, and I think she provides a, 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 an, an awesome potential alternative to uh, what is going to be the Amber IGD show here the rest of the season. And then the energy thing, right? Speaking of Amber, who's like celebrations are always the kind that get everybody revved up. Tally Hawkins might take it to like a whole other <laughs> level, man. Yeah, I don't know if Amber, has she done a, a head first dive on the court <laughs> Like before? a slip and slide dive? Yeah, yeah, yeah no, exactly. I don't think so. No, but Tally can do a little bit of everything. You know, she can hit, she can block. And, you know, I like that they hit the ball pretty well that second USC match. And you can say they really showed a lot of improvement from week two, uh, from week one. Now we'll see this week. Can they kind of continue that and, and show a little bit more improvement and just keep getting better and better uh, every week going forward? And I think that's going to be big for them because two more are really conference, non-conference weeks before they start the uh, Big West play. So it's a chance to get a couple more key wins to add to that resume. Yeah, another uh, something to keep an eye on regarding Amber IGD, and this was actually brought to our attention by USC head coach Brad Keller, uh, who argued, hey, you know what? The most important thing, the, the priority of any middle blocker slash hitter is on the floor. We were on a, a call with him. And, you know, he ran around the, the Zoom call and everyone had a chance at, at answering it. Like, well, there's got to be, you know, get a touch on every ball. Or, you know, mine was like, oh, make yourself available. Like, you make sure you're there for the setter uh, just to try to pull a blocker at least or something like that. And he said, no, the number one priority of a middle blocker slash hitter is when they are hitting to get it past the other team's middle block because the percentages, I guess, when the ball gets past the middle block in the middle of the floor just increases tenfold uh, because what he describes it as chaos ensues if you can get it by the block. And he said, hey, look, Amber's not the most, um, you know, athletic middle in the country, certainly not the biggest. You know, you have some some other just killers in the middle of the net. Uh, But he says what she is incredibly good at. And when you watch her play, Keep this in mind. He says she's just so good at getting the ball by the block, whether it's a touch shot, whether she goes across the body on the swing. You know, she just has a bit of an unorthodox method about her uh, that is effective in that specific trait. And it was something that, you know, maybe we would otherwise not pay so much attention to. uh, But when uh, Brad Keller brought it up, sure enough, in that series against USC, she was fantastic at doing just that. Chaos ensued. It increases the the possibility and the potential of the other team making ball touching mistakes uh, and and playing into Hawaii's favor. And that's just another part of the value that is brought to the field uh, and, and or to the court, I should say, for uh, Amber Igedi. Yeah, no, she did that completely. And and yeah, I mean, there's not really a lot of whole, whole much more to say. I think that USC team will be interesting to watch this year because you know I know they had a little bit of injuries. They're a little banged up. Um, I can see them get a little bit better as the season goes on. But uh, yeah, you know, for for the, for the Rainbow Indian volleyball team, they got a lot of players. They got a lot of you know um, 
people on the outside, they can do different things. But at the end of the day, Amber's going to be the one that, that carries them all season long. And I think they go as far as she takes them. Big mahalo to Domino's Pizza of Hawaii for their continued support of Let's Talk Sports. If you order online or via the app, you can save as much as 20% off on your order. They have a whole bunch of other combo discount deals as well. Domino's Pizza of Hawaii, we deliver aloha. All right, when we come back, I kind of want to get into a little Dion talk. Did you see the ratings for Colorado oh. TCU through the roof? It's most certainly the Dion effect. Just how effective is it long term? We'll talk a little bit about that when we come back. You're listening to Let's Talk Sports. What's up? Welcome back. Let's talk sports. Kanoa Leahy here in the Paxa Studios in Honolulu, being joined for the second straight day by my man from the Honolulu Star Advertiser, Billy Hull. So Rob DeMello is usually here on Thursday. Uh, but he's feeling a little under the weather, plus he's got like a whole host of, of other responsibilities, including the uh, premiere of Cover 2, the new season uh, over there on KHON. Billy Hull is a part of that show. Um, you're, you're just everywhere, season actually. Season 11, by the way, of that show. Season 11. and uh, doing it for a while. Yeah, Billy, you're kind of like this uh, multimedia <laughs> uh, entity here right now, man. Yeah, I know. You know, radio, wanna... newspapers, <laughs> no, television, still, still coming digital. in, still coming in last second to help you out on the radio. <laughs> I you know, I, I I had a lot to do, but I mean, the pay, the pay is just too good. I think the that's pay what is it just is. too good. And the company, yeah, exactly. And the conversation. Always good to see Liz. She's not listening. 808-296-1420. Shocking, shocking, by the way. (laughs) The number to call, you can also text in uh, via the Zephyr Insurance text line. Probably working the Yankees game or or something like that. Just all she's going to do today is like the music, just make sure the music stops and then she's out till next segment. (laughs) We love you, Liz. (laughs) All right. uh, Hey, a reminder, you can win a $1,000 cash grand prize, $100 weekly prizes in ESPN Honolulu's Pigskin Picks, brought to you by M. Dyer Global. Visit ESPNHonolulu.com. Dot com right now to register. That's right. Uh, you have uh, several of uh, us uh, affiliates of this uh, ESPN Honolulu machine uh, that you can also uh, compare your scores to uh, every week. And let me tell you, you're going to feel good about yourself probably. <laughs> <laughs> um, Deion Sanders is feeling pretty good about himself here, Billy. And is I, he? I, I've I, kind I, of lamented. Does he? I can't really. It's hard, <laughs> he's, hard to read sometimes. He really is. He just uh, <laughs> he is he is a closed book. He really is. No, it's and, and hey, look, I, I I don't begrudge him for uh, I think shutting up a lot of people, right? And I, I kind of have I think lamented a little bit of the fact that he's that this victory lap has been so over the top, right? And it was just one game, but it was a significant game. When you see the ratings of this thing, it did like over 7 million or whatever in viewership. It was the highest rated college football game of the opening weekend. And not necessarily in a time slot or window that usually parlays into those kinds of numbers. It's the Dion factor. Uh, This is why you pay a guy like that to come to your school because of purely, A, the attention he's going to bring, which then can translate into dollars for your program. Uh, I think it was like $28 million that were instantly donated to Colorado football uh, upon the hiring of Deion Sanders. Uh, We saw what he did at Jackson State. He's going to bring in talent. He is the consummate salesman. His confidence is something that is incomparable, I think, in many ways. Um, He's just a showman. Uh, And so I think our concern was, or at least for me, I'm I'm speaking for myself here, going into the season, I was was thinking, hey, look, they they have the most transfers of any team uh, in the country. Uh, He ran off a bunch of dudes, right? And you read some some pretty uh, 
uncomfortable stories about how there were some players who were with the Colorado program that said, I never even met Dion. He never looked at me, never said a word to me because he was so brazen in just running these guys out of the program. Uh, and he was unapologetic about it. Uh, and I don't want to begrudge him for that because other coaches do that all the time. He just did it maybe in a more pronounced, overt type of way. A little bit more of the showmanship part of it that comes out. And so I was thinking, hey, look, that's a lot to ask. To then go on the field, have the kind of discipline, have the kind of, of, of un- like unity, have, have, have just the, the kind of coordination to be able to compete with a nationally ranked team that went to the national championship last year in TCU. And they were unbelievable. They were really good. Uh, you could argue that there were not one, not two, but three Heisman candidacies that emerged from that game uh, for Colorado. Uh, And on the discipline side, you didn't see those procedure penalties. You didn't see uh, some of that disjointedness. They were just really good. And so I absolutely understand the level of enthusiasm. Uh, I do think that Dion deserved a chance to tell a lot of people who had very little faith that, hey, look, um, at least this time around, you were wrong. I was right. The victory lap has lasted a little bit of a while, and and you wonder, they got Nebraska here this week, you wonder uh, what will be the Dion effect if and when they lose because their schedule coming up is going to get really, really tough. Uh, But as it stands, what is your view of the Dion effect? Well, first of all, it it just shows that Colorado knew what they were doing. And if I I remember correctly, when they hired him, there was something about – that they didn't necessarily have the money to pay him right away. Like it was, it was going to cost a lot and, and they were kind of struggling, but boy, they've made that money up already. Oh with the amount of, you know what I mean? With the tenfold. Season, oh, like totally from immediately, like one game into the whole thing. Like he's underpaid now. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. For everything he's done and the eyeballs on them. And just like Colorado is now like, I mean, nobody I've joked with our friend about like how like Colorado and its entire existence in the PAC 12, nobody's taken them seriously. They made the pack, the, the title game like one year when that whole division was really bad, but they did nothing in the PAC 12. And now like, with as good as like USC has the Heisman Trophy winner and all this stuff, and you've got Oregon and Washington, all the other schools like Colorado, Colorado, Colorado. That's all anyone's talking about. That's what he's done. But you know how this works, Kanoa. You know that as soon as he loses one game, everyone's gonna come chirping back because oh, yeah, that's how yeah. it works. You know, is when especially when you're out there and you're calling out reporters and you're doing this and you're doing that. It was one game. We don't know how good TCU is going to be. Yes, they were in the college football playoff last year, but you know it remains to be seen how this is all going to go in terms of just how successful they're going to be. So, don't get this wrong. I mean, I know he's looking he's looking good right now, but as soon as they lose a game, people are coming back. And what if they lose a couple of games? They got USC and Utah coming up. You know, they want a big game to start the season. But I mean, are we sure they're going to have a winning season? Who knows? Yet? Yeah, I think we, the jury's still out. We don't know. We definitely do not know. And and I think the thing that I'm curious about is this this sort of Dion. Um, Show this Dion shtick, if you. Will. I don't. I don't really want to, to um, you know, lessen it or or uh, somehow minimize uh, just how uh, great a job I think he's done, just in in terms of making Colorado cool, right? Because in this day and age, is there anything more <laughs> important than just in in the world of college sports making your brand just seem cool? And that's what Dion has done. But it is a bit of a facade. It is a bit of a presentation. There's a performative aspect to Dion Sanders and the way he uh, leads uh, a, a college football team. And so I'm curious to see when bad things do happen. And inevitably, they're going to, right? Nobody's predicting they're going to like go undefeated and win the national championship. So inevitably, when something bad happens, when it falls off the rails, at least even for a portion of the season, how will that 
play out? How will that show be altered? Because it was all good at Jackson State. So far, it's all good here in Boulder. But when he does hit some bumps in the road, um, are they? He, is he going to be like throwing players under the bus? Is he going to be calling out reporters? Is he going to be doing that kind of stuff? Like, I'm curious to see what the uh, impact of of failings and failures, as opposed to these successes that have been so immediate for Dion. I, I'm curious to see how how that affects him. Yeah, I mean, I, I I think so. But I think at the end of the day, you look at how popular they were. You look at how many people watched that game. You know why? Because they welcomed in the haters too. They're 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 not only creating fans of the program. They're creating haters of the program, but at the end of the day, whether you love them or you hate them, you know what you're doing? You're watching them, yeah. and that's kind of the whole thing at the end of the day. So in terms of on-the-field success, who knows? You know, College football is a game now that's defined so much by money and all these TV contracts, and you know there's going to be a lot of stuff co- coming Colorado's w- way with all the other stuff and the NILs and a million different other things. And they, let's be honest, they got some really good players. I kind of like this idea that Dion was kind of like, yeah, I got some HBCU kids. Well, the only reason they were there is because, like, you <laughs> yeah. recruited the number one player in the entire uh, country yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, there. So it's not like they weren't, like, amazing four- or five-star Division One recruits. They just happened to go to your school because you're Dion. Uh, by the way, are we – we can call him Dion on the show, but what is it if you interview him? You have to call him Coach Prime or something like that? Something Isn't that like, one of the rules yeah, yeah, that you need to like refer that. to him as Coach Prime? Yeah. Yeah, so I, um, I, I'm, a, I'm a Pac-12 guy, and I, I like all the schools, but, boy, I, I tell you what. I watched it. I enjoyed it. It's it's great theater, but I can see a lot of people getting sick of it pretty quickly. Okay. I can see it going oh, that way, too. that's yeah, interesting. That's another interesting. I can see that happening. Okay. You know, especially how he reacts to if they lose the next couple of games. Like, Nebraska's a big game for Colorado. That Nebraska-Colorado thing is legit. What happens if he loses that game? Yeah. Or what? I mean, even on the other side, if Nebraska loses that game, Matt Rule starts, what, 0-2? Like, that's uh, that's going to be another storyline, <laughs> yeah. too. And imagine Dion and how he's going to be sort of <laughs> pumping his chest in that regard. It, it, it's it's fascinating, and I think that's that's the value of Deion Sanders. I remember when we called him Neon Deion. Neon Deion. Remember when he was doing the flying the helicopter yeah. or whatever to play baseball after a football <laughs> game? That was crazy. I thought what was interesting, too, is um, on social media after they won that game, Everyone was just like, when is the po- the press conference? When is, like, I don't remember a time ever you have a big win and your yeah. thought is like, when do we get to see the press conference? But that's what he's done. I mean, even at halftime, the interview at halftime, when he's like, oh, a couple more of those throws uh, you know, are caught or they hang on to a couple more of those throws and we already got the Heisman chilling in the fridge. And I'm like, who says that? <laughs> Nobody else says that. This guy is unbelievable. Uh, <laughs> but then, you know what? He's always been like that. I mean, oh, let's no, be honest. exactly. Like, no, you know. and I love it. Yeah. I love it. I love that he's unapologetic about that. I think that's what makes him so interesting and fascinating. Uh, there was also another post on social media that I thought was hilarious. It was a picture of him talking to the one corner from TCU, right? He's like uh, projected as one of the, you know, maybe like a top couple round picks or whatever like that. And uh, there was a shot of Dion. He's talking to him after the game. He's got his hands on the guy's shoulder pads. He's telling them how good he is. And if you are the coach of that player uh, and Dion's talking <laughs> to your guy after a game, like, could you feel less secure? Oh, like, man. that has to be the last human being you want to talking to your standout player in any capacity, especially like that. Oh, that's great. I did not see that. That's wonderful. But yeah, man, that's the way he does it. And I tell you what, I mean, it's this next year, this next recruiting class, these next two recruiting classes, it wouldn't surprise me if Colorado was right there with the with the Alabamas and the Georgias of the world. I mean, that's that's the effect that Deion Sanders has on a program. And 
hey, Colorado rolled the dice, and, and they're looking pretty good. I know we've said his name a lot, but um, imagine how insufferable Pacalani Bella will continue to be. <laughs> Catch UH and NFL football at 850 Craft Beer and Whiskey Bar at Leeward Bowl. We'll just leave it at that. They're open at 6 a.m. Sunday, showing all the NFL games for Monday and Thursday night football, which is, of course, tonight, folks. Uh, you can enjoy the happy hour poo-poo menu from 4 to 7 p.m. For Hawaii football games, they'll have awesome menu specials as well. 850 is also the home of the new video wall, the place for UH college and NFL football. All right, when we come back, we'll talk with uh, our resident baseball yes. guru. Always feels good to talk with this man. Pal Eldridge is going to join us when uh, we come back. You're listening to Let's Talk Sports. What's up, everybody? Welcome back. You're listening to Let's Talk Sports. Kanoa Leahy here in the PAXA studios in Honolulu. Billy Hull of the Honolulu Star Advertiser is my guest co-host for the day, and uh, we're always stoked. There's always a smile on our faces uh, when we get a chance to uh, talk story with our next guest who joins us via the phone line. Uh, He is our resident baseball guru and uh, longtime analyst for University of Hawaii Baseball on television. I have the privilege of being able to call him my partner these days uh, in those Spectrum Sports telecasts. None other than Pal. Eldridge, what's up, Coach? How you doing? Hey, guys! I I can't believe Billy Hull is there with you. I get to talk to Billy Hull I today. I know, Pal Eldridge, yeah. my favorite Puno person. I know, hands down, no question about it. My favorite Buff and Blue. Who's number two? Who's number two? Thank you, thank you. It's got to go a long way down to find. Is, is it two. like Barack Obama? Yeah, is that maybe, like number two or? maybe, maybe. <laughs> Pal, it's good to hear your voice, man. Uh, how are you, sir? How's your summer treating you, Coach? Oh well, you know, every day is a summer for me. <laughs> All year round, so so it's no, nothing. Nothing's really changed. The knees are worse, <laughs> but other than that, I, I'm good. <laughs> you know, um, I'm well, fine. We obviously it's a long way off, but looking forward to running it back with you this upcoming baseball season, yep, right? Yep. Yep. We got Mississippi coming in for the first series, and that's going to be like I mean they 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 won it all last year, and then this past season they were like last in their in the SEC, so they went from first to worst, but. I think they'll be back this year. Yeah, yeah, uh, that's uh, that's incredible. Yeah. We're looking forward to that. Um, we appreciate you making some some time with us. It was a tough blow that was suffered here this week uh, within the Punahou yeah. Baseball Ohana uh, as uh, former Punahou and Mariner uh, baseball coach Eric Kataoka passed away. This was on Saturday. Uh, he had some health issues, battles with diabetes, kidney issues, right. uh, and so he was only 55 years of age, but this is a guy who uh, was part of that legacy of Punahou baseball, and he he achieved uh, in a level of unprecedented success with seven straight state championships from 2004 to 2010. Mm-hmm. Uh, nothing happens on the baseball diamond of that campus without uh, Pal Eldridge somehow being involved or the very least sort of observing on the periphery. Uh, yeah. What, what can you tell us about uh, Eric Kataoka and, 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 and just kind well, of what went through you when you heard the news? Well, you know, but to know him, well, you, you got to go back to the early 80s when he's like in seventh grade. Because, you know, our, our program, 70s, 80s, and 90s, you know, we had a regular season, then we have a week off, and we go straight into the summer, summer season, right? And so, you know, I, I get to know these guys because I coach in the summer as well, and so I get to know these guys for six years. And so uh, Dukey was one of those guys. Mm-hmm. I mean, in 85, he's our junior starting shortstop, and, you know, solid play. But the next year, it was like on another level. that He just, he like transformed into a guy that was uh, – really hyped up to, to play and to win. And, and, you know, he picked everybody else around him. We were fifth in the 85 in the ILH, and then we won it in 86. 
Mm-hmm. And it was a, a lot due, or mainly due, to the to the leadership and play of Eric Karaoka, you know. So, uh, you know, then that you could tell even then that he was really seriously about baseball. And, you know, and then and then he, he uh, coaches, a, a, you know, during the summer with us, and then he becomes the head coach in, uh, I think it was 2002, if I'm not mistaken, 2001 or two. First couple of years, you know, they, they, they don't win. And, you know, he's grumbling to me about that. I said, look, you know, you, you, you'll be there. The, the, you, you, need, you need the talent. You got to have, you know, and you got to coach them up, and and uh, you know, as things will drop into place. Well, did they ever? You know, <laughs> seven in a row. I mean, you know, you talk about a baseball record that'll never be broken. I, that's it. That in Hawaii, that'll never be broken. I think there was a team, if I remember correctly, from Colorado. I tried to look it up a while back, but uh, from Colorado that had seven consecutive state championships. So Dukey and Punahou tied the a national record for seven straight, wow. you know? So, uh, yeah, uh, it'll never happen again. And yeah, and he did it because he, he really understood the game. I mean, he was a, an excellent technician. I mean, he probably carried close to 30 guys on the team. You know, there, there were guys that I'd meet. So I played varsity baseball with, huh? <laughs> I've never seen these guys. Yeah. But you know, if, if, um, if a guy walked and he needed a pinch runner before the guy even got to first base, here comes another guy trotting out of the dugout. So he was, he was way ahead of the game, you know, and he would exploit weaknesses of the opponents and just keep pressure on him the whole time. That was his coaching style yeah. and, uh, and obviously very successful. So, you know, and I'll tell you what, he, I, I, he, he was such a good guy. I mean, you play golf with him and do nothing but laugh for 18 holes. You know, which is interesting, but that's interesting because you you would comment about when he was playing, like how much of a of a grouch he was, or something, or appeared to be, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I I asked him with him, "Hey, why are you such a grouch when you (laughs) when you're coach?" He goes, he goes, coach. It's like you taught us. You got to stay in the game. You got to stay in the game, coach. And I went, yeah, yeah, you do. And that. So I never asked him again because that answered the question right there. That's awesome. And and he was really serious about it, and and he got his point across, and. But he exploited the weaknesses of the other teams, and you know, and he he was really good at it. So uh, you know, he understood the game, he understood his players, and uh, you know, I tell you, it's seven consecutive is just it's, you got to wrap your mind around that. You know, it's hard to win one yeah. in any sport, and this guy wins seven in a row. You know, so that's pretty cool. Yeah. Well, that's the kind of thing I remember the most about it. Like, it actually wasn't just the seven straight state championships. Is he was twenty five and zero, and it got to the point I remember towards the end where it's not like they won the ILH regular season that's every right. year, but it was like even if they had to win four games in four days, it got to the point where if Puno made it, you knew they were going to win. You just kind of knew they were going to yeah. win. That's yeah. what he was able to do. Well, in, in two thousand ten, they were tied, and they had to play off command. They had to win to get to the into the state tournament, and they did. And that was the last. That was the last straw. I, I think a little unfortunate was the next year, you know, he didn't win it, and then he quit. So there's some, you know, we don't really know what, what uh, why, but there's some rumors flying around. But, uh, you know, and, and then he, he quit after the 2011 season, and he's really upset with Punahou, so something went on there. But, uh, you know, it was really, it was really sad to see him go. I mean, he's one of my guys, you know, what yeah. can I say? So. You know, and, and then now, now with, with, with him, you know, sometimes when the guys leave here, baseball players, or, you know, at any school, really, 
that they go away to the continent and they may never come back. You never see them again. Well, you know, to my knowledge, there's been six, six of my players, you know, have passed away. Five from the class of 74. That's mostly to Tupu and, you know, and Neil Ane and those, those guys, you know, so five from one team. And that's, we only had 15 guys on the team, you know, and now you have Dukey. So, you know, it, it just hits, hits hard. It hits hard. It's tough. This stuff is a pretty close to the Punhole baseball community, and it's really, really tough, you know, on, on all of us, really. Uh, talking with uh, the great Pal Eldridge uh, and remembering uh, the uh, the incredible successes and uh, wonderful personality of Eric Kataoka, who passed away uh, at the age yeah. of 55 this past uh, weekend. Uh, before we, we let you go, Coach, um, you know, you have, have shared with us so much of how you feel about uh, this this man and uh, just kind of want to get your idea as to what you think uh, will be the long-term legacy. What do you think will be the, the lasting image of Eric Kataoka? Again, it'll never happen again. That's the last unit to me. Seven in a row. I mean, even before he passed away, it was it was something that we. Oh my God, seven in a row. Uh, you know, and you win one or two, and you think, oh, geez, that's terrific. But he won seven in a row. I mean, it was like it's expected. And you know, the the, the it's like golf. You know, the better you get at it, the greater your expectations are. Well, same thing with coaching. You know, you start winning. And you start winning championships, and that's pretty much all you're going to want, right? And you just you just keep on striving for that perfection, and he did. So, you know, I think his legacy just was, you know, and you know his all his buddies, all his friends. I, I, you know, I, I couldn't go see him, you know, in, in the last days um, for a couple of reasons, you know. But but all his buddies went there to see him, you know, and uh, and it, it was really good of them to do that. So, uh, I guess the services are on. Sunday, September 17th at school. So, uh, you know, probably the chapel is going to be packed that day. So, uh, you know, we'll see what happens there. Well, I appreciate you mentioning that as well, Coach. And always appreciate you making time to talk with us. Uh, it makes all of our days, and I know I'm speaking for my man Billy over here as well. <laughs> sure. That's pretty cool. <laughs> hey, Coach, thanks. You take care. I'll talk yeah. to you again soon. Okay, guys. All right. See you, pal. He's he's one of a wow. kind. He's he's great, and uh, I really appreciated him talking because he really had a personal connection with Eric Oka. I mean, a lot of the talk will be about baseball, uh, but I I appreciated what Powell was also able to say about hey, look, this is a guy who took what he did very seriously, but didn't take himself seriously. And I think that that's the that's the sweet spot there. If you if you can find a way to not take yourself seriously, but take what you do and how it impacts people seriously, uh, then you got something. And Eric Kataoka, uh, he literally and figuratively hit it out of the park. He does. I just have to say real quick that I started covering the UH baseball team right in the middle of that run. And I can actually remember walking in for like, sometimes they play Friday or Saturday. So the UH baseball game would be Saturday or Sunday. And I'd walk in and I can always remember your dad looking at me and just rolling his eyes. And I'd walk down the stairs and probably be like, hey, Ulani, did you see that game last night? And all of a sudden, it was all Puno, Puno, Puno. So, uh, yes, I can always remember Pal. Uh, Pal, liked to, Pal liked to give it to us a little bit. But uh, well-deserved. Well well-deserved. Huh? Well-deserved. Yeah. <laughs> it was quite a run. Uh, lastly, on um, Coach Garoka, I remember one of the years when the uh, state tournament was played on Maui, and I was announcing it. And so I talked to him prior to, to one of the games uh, just over the phone. Uh, 
and I wanted to ask him about a team, right? I mean, it's Punahou. They were they had a, a, a string of of state championships already under their belt, uh, and he didn't want to talk about his team at all. The thing he wanted to talk about, he's like, you know what we need to talk about? If you wouldn't mind talking about on the air, we are at Iron Mihara Stadium this week, uh, and the great Glenn Ora, who won a state championship with Baldwin in 1959 by pitching, winning three games and pitching 21 innings, which isn't even like allowed here in this day and age of prep baseball. He wanted to talk about that, these like great Maui stories, because for him, it was such a treat to be on the island of Maui and to kind of be uh, attached to that history. And it's like that also told me a little bit about that guy. Yeah, I think he might have been the only one to throw a perfect game in a, in a state championship game. He was pretty good. But, yeah, that's that's who he was. He liked to talk about all kinds of things. And he was one of those coaches where, you know, some coaches, they don't really want to talk too much. But he, he would sit there, didn't even talk to you right up till first pitch. You know, he was uh, he was great. And, and like Pal said, man, seven in a row. Yeah. It'd be hard to beat. Yeah, twenty five and zero in the state tournament. I mean, yeah. that to me is almost like didn't even lose a game. Yeah, I want to say Glenora actually won three games two years in a row in the state tournament. Yeah. It was fifty nine and sixty, right, for Baldwin, and I believe uh, so. pitched like uh, or, every inning of, well, of Puno, all of those right? games. He's Puno, right? Uh, for uh, for the Baldwin Bears. Oh, yeah. Come on, man. Yeah. yeah. I got all Puno on my head. <laughs> yeah. See, every time I get pal, I start thinking about Puno. Uh, Woodcraft Hawaii's vendor days are here. This week, save 10% off Bosch Power Tools and a 25% uh, discount on accessories at Woodcraft Hawaii. All right, best and worst when we come back. All right, welcome back. Let's talk sports. Big mahalo once again to the one and only Pal Eldridge for joining us uh, in that last segment. I got Billy Hull here in the house. It is the last segment of the show and uh, the last segment, unfortunately, this week for for Billy. Unless you want to come back tomorrow, <laughs> uh, let's get into our best and worst. What's up, Billy? Uh, what am I doing? The best? Let's, let's do our doing? best first. All right, we're doing the best. I'm just going to say it right now. My best. It is football season. Woo! We are one hour and 20 minutes away. I know you're nervous, but then ah! you're happy, but you're nervous. I don't really Very... know what's going on with you. Lions, Chiefs, let's get it going. Sunday morning, setting the alarm clock. NFL football, let's go. Let's get it on. Let's get ready to rumble. Yes. It's time. <laughs> I, that last one is, I've never really thought that that was no. really. But anyway, okay. Um, <laughs> My best is uh, Maui Invitational. Uh, you know, they, they obviously uh, hold that annual event, huge college basketball event uh, in Lahaina, at Lahaina Civic Center, uh, and they're getting in on the effort to try to support the Maui community. Uh, they have opened up an auction uh, that they are uh, – labeling as a campaign hoops for ohana so it is an auction if you go to mauiinvitational.com slash hoops for ohana uh, there's all kinds of auction items that you can bid on uh, and all of the proceeds 100 percent will go directly to wildfire relief and the recovery efforts over there on maui so uh, that's uh, good on you for the maui invitational uh, certainly that community has served that tournament very well uh, and so it is uh, that kind of effort that is going to be needed in reciprocation from the Maui Invitational, so that was good to see. Very nice, very nice. Good for them. I'm Flip flustered. I'm flustered for my worst. worst. Okay. My worst would be me in the last segment. Hold on, hold on, about... hold on. Let me do my worst. Okay, Let's end on your okay, worst. Okay, okay. My worst is going to be because mine's, you know, I'm always very flippant <laughs> about the worst. Like, it's all stuff that's, like, not that big of a deal, which I kind of like uh, because there's just enough bad news in the world. But um, I'm going to look at LSU head coach Brian Kelly Ooh, uh, like denying one. publicly that he said the phrase, we're going to go beat the heck out of Florida State. Uh, he was asked about it after Florida State kind of rocked LSU, 45-24. That was in Orlando. This was on a Sunday. Um, and he said, you know, I think you know me. I'm pretty careful about what I say and how I said it. And he said those were comments that, quote, 
uh, would not be something that I would ever say. Problem is, he said it on his radio show. It's uh, recorded. <laughs> the whole world has heard it. So uh, what are you doing, Brian Kelly? Like, you know, it's okay. To me, it's like if you're in front of your supporters and you're like, hey, we're going to go get them. Like, that's fine. Uh, I don't know why he had to play the denial game. Uh, do, how do we not understand that everything is recorded, everything's on video these days? Like, yeah. There's proof. There's not, proof. Not you like a hot just, mic thing. Like, yeah. It was on your radio exactly. show. <laughs> exactly. That just shows you where these coaches, where these big money college football coaches, that's where their heads are. They think they get away with everything. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So that's my worst. What was your worst again, uh, Billy? But speaking of not getting away with everything, clearly I was a little <laughs> distracted. I have Pal, the legend, my guy on the air, and I confused Glenn Oura, who you were talking about at Baldwin, with Glenn Goya of Punahou. Ah. Very, very big mistake by me. Proof that I probably it's a good thing I'm not covering baseball anymore. And also, two days in a row, man. You're really going to ask me back for a third day? Look at me. I'm crawling to the finish. Well, we'll, uh, we'll see if Brian McInnes can be in here tomorrow. We'll, we'll give you a break. Maybe maybe go get a nap in. Maybe, maybe get some rest here. Yeah, for all that other stuff I've got to do. But no, uh, volleyball tonight. Check it out. What's the, uh, what's the weekend uh, sporting event that you're most looking forward to? It doesn't even have to necessarily be something that's here on island or here in the state of Hawaii. Uh, you got a lot of prep Ooh. football going on all over the place. I might have to go there. It's the uh, big uh, kuku going to the mainland to uh, play modern day. Number one team in the Number country, Number one right? team in the country. And, you know, modern day um, beat uh, Centennial their first game, I think, by two touchdowns. Punahou had a lead on Centennial last week until the last couple of seconds, lost it in the last 10 seconds or whatever it was, but played him really tight. That Kahuku Puno matchup, I know it was a little bit of a letdown last year in the final, but if it happens again this year, I'm telling you, it could be really good. So this is going to be a big measuring stick to see where Kuku matches up, not only with modern day, but then you can do kind of the game to see where they match up with Puno. But Kuku Puno is looking like it might be tight this year. I've always thought, like, if these matchups take place in years where, like, a Kahuku or a St. Louis were at the peak of their powers, like, then you're talking about those Hawaii teams could represent. But it always seemed to happen where those matchups would take place in those more off years where it was a bit of not rebuilding per se, but a bit of like a reloading or resetting uh, for some of those programs. How do you feel about the state of Kahuku here as they venture into this game? I think it's a little bit of an unknown. They got a new quarterback. They uh, they lost an unbelievable senior class last year. But it's Kuku, man. <laughs> it's Kuku. But I tell you, this Puno team was really good. That game last week was really impressive to see them hang tight with a, a top 15 team in the in the country. So I just enjoy seeing these guys, these teams playing these nationally ranked teams. Hey, uh, continue to stay cool. Get the new Bosch Inverter Central Air Conditioning System that qualifies for up to $1,000 Hawaii Energy rebate. Ask your contractor for the Bosch Inverter. Big mahalo to Billy Hall. Doing it two times this week. I can't thank you enough. Also, Pal Eldridge, appreciate that. Thanks, Liz. See you tomorrow, everybody.